0: Good morning. Good morning, we are on day 26 of this deep and wide adventure for 40 days for growing deeper and wider in our understanding and our love for God, his word and people. I'm so honored that you would be with us and that you would worship God along with us. And uh, we have learned so far that a deep and wide follower loves uh, they love God, his word and people. We've also learned that a deep and wide follower lives for eternity. They don't just live for this present. They aren't trapped in this present world. They have a view. They have a vision for eternity, just how God has created us. And the last week we learned that a deep and wide follower gives. Gives to advance the mission of God on earth. And today we're going we're going to take a look at the deep and wide follower lives with joy. And you know, as we think about joy... I think the quest for humanity is more than just pleasure. And it's even more than just happiness. The quest for humanity has always been and always will be about joy. Joy is the fulfillment of our heart. It's the deepest center of ourselves that's fulfilled with joy. And here's the good news. Jesus came to give us joy. Jesus came to give us joy. If you have your Bibles, open up with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Earlier, Jesus makes the one of the great I am statements of his ministry here on earth when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But look what he says to his disciples. He says, In John 15 verses nine through 11, he says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. You see, Jesus has come to give us this joy in our lives. And it's not joy for the future. It's joy for the present. A lot of Christians believe, yeah, I'll just do it now. I'll buck up now because I'll get eternal joy. There's no joy in this life. And the, <laughs> what Jesus is saying here is he's saying this is for the now. There certainly will be joy in the future, but this is to be lived in the, with a present joy. I and you can experience joy in the present. Now, how do we do this? Well, I'm going to put forth, and the scriptures are going to put forth for us this morning, that joy is rooted in experience. It's actually approved in our experience. And experience is not just knowing about joy or saying that it actually exists, but actually experiencing The joy that God has to give us philosopher and theologian Thomas Aquinas actually proved the existence of God or one of his great proofs for the existence of God was in your experience. And it's that when people they just they don't just believe in the scriptures, they live the scriptures. So it's all about us experiencing what God has for us. Aquinas says the proof is in the experience. If you actually follow the life and character of Jesus, you would have joy. So what I'd like to just put forth are three consistent practices throughout the scriptures that the follower of Jesus Christ is called into experiencing. Not just learning about, but doing in their experience. And these three practices guarantee joy. Now, these practices do not come naturally. And, uh, and it's not something, especially at first glance, that many people readily accept. However, they have been proven time after time with person after person that when you practice these things, you experience joy. Joy will be that present result of your personal experience in each one of these practices. So let's take a look at what's rooted in our experience that we can experience joy. The first practice is the practice of surrendering. Joy is the present result of my personal experience in surrendering. And what do we mean when we talk about surrendering? Well, our world tells us that we need to live for our pleasures, for our goals or for our purposes. God calls us to surrender to his will. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're actually surrendering to the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that that will is that it's no longer up to your will. It's God's will in your life. It's no longer up to your doing. It's entrusting in what God wants for you. His will for you. You take that on. And when you surrender to his will, the result is joy. Look at it, even in some of the most extreme circumstances, how, how the New Testament believers experience joy. In Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews said, you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully, there's that word, accepted the plundering of your property, since you know that you yourselves have better had a better possession and an abiding one. Now look at that. That's That's pretty interesting, isn't it? It's it's that surrendering to the will of God. They had to surrender first to the will of God so that when their property was confiscated under persecution that they had for their faith, when it was taken away, their joy was not taken away. What if you had the plundering of your property? How does that lead to joy? Well, when you submit to the will of God for your life, you can accept a whole lot in your circumstances. Your circumstances won't lead to happiness when you lose something, but they can lead to joy. Now, when Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Look at this. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is, In heaven. Every time you pray this prayer, do you realize you're surrendering to the will of God for you? Now it's a familiar prayer, and many of us were taught of it growing up, and we could say it right now if we all if I asked for everyone to say it. But what if you actually believed it? What if your life actually was submitted to the will of God? You so this this explains why so few people experience joy. It's easy to say a prayer, but it's much more difficult to live. to live under submission and under surrendering to the will of God. We tend to think that God is all about us. He's all about making us happy. And so prayer is just that funnel to where we can get God to serve us. And like a genie in the bottle, we say, God, do this for me and do that for me. And I've got a big test coming up. Make sure I do this. And when our kingdom doesn't come or when our kingdom crashes, we get mad at God saying, why didn't you do this? I had all my hopes. I had all my dreams with this person or with this job or this career. And when they don't turn out the way we want them to turn out, Turn out, we get mad at God. And that is a failure of surrendering to the will of God for us. We're strong-willed people. Did you ever realize yourself as a strong-willed person? We will fight for our will to be done. And the fear of losing it, we tend to fear more than death itself. Jesus calls us to a life of joy, but requires that we have experience In surrendering. Can I just ask you, whose will are you living for in your life? I I found that in marriage, if I come with a strong will for my will to be done, it hurts me in how I love my wife. It hurts me even on how I love my children if it's my will over theirs. If it's a battle of wills, joy is rarely, is rarely Experienced but when you surrender yourself, do you realize that when you become a parent you're surrendering your will to the will of that little baby that little baby that wakes up at 2:30 in the morning? What's your will? Eight hours of sleep. What's that baby's will? Two tops. Yeah, you're forced to make that decision of do I surrender? And now, now you may not have joy this morning if you've had two hours of sleep last night. However, if I were to talk to you about your child, you'd talk to me about joy. See, it's not always at this happy experience, but the, the results of surrender leads to joy. Secondly, joy is the present result of my personal experience. In this word, submitting, submitting. This is about one of the worst words in the American culture. We hate it. Especially women. They hate the six-letter word that begins with S, submit. We don't like that because it's been abused. But the reality is it's very much a part of a follower of Jesus Christ. Submission is, is what we are called to. S- submitting to God's way, not just to his will, but his way for our lives will always result in joy. Now, John writes to followers who were submitting to the ways of Jesus. This is what he said. In Third John, he says, verse four, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. You know, just in spiritual leadership, there's no greater joy. I am so filled with joy when I read now 26 stories in our deep and wide adventure guide. When you hear people submitting not just to the will, but to the ways of Jesus. And we're on all different spectrums of a walk with Christ. Some of us have just met Jesus. And we're just still trying to figure it out. Some of us have known him all of our lives. And you know what? It's not that one of us stacks up over the other. It's that we all need him. And that we're all in different aspects of submitting to the way of Jesus for us. That the way of Jesus, that's actually what makes you a Christian. It's that you're Christ-like. You're following Christ. The person and the character of Jesus Christ. Joy is the present result of people experiencing submission to the way of God. Everyone who willingly obeys the ways of God experiences joy. Now put this to the test. Think about the last time you didn't follow in the ways of Jesus. That you went out rogue and you did it your own way. And we're set in our ways. Just as we're strong-willed people, we're set in our ways. What did you experience? Loss? Hurt? Brokenness? Brokenness? People without a faith perspective tend to say, well, I don't like guilt and shame. That's why I checked out of religion. But then what alternative do you turn to? And how's that working out for you? Is it giving you joy? And the picture, the biblical picture, is that when we submit to the ways of Jesus, we experience joy. One person who stepped away from the ways of God was David, King David. On one of the most powerful points of his service as king of Israel, he looked and he committed adultery with another man's wife. And he lost his joy. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 51, which is his prayer of repentance to God, he says, God, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. I had to read that over again this week. And I'm familiar with this passage because it was God's salvation that saved him. And it was when we get joy in God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. And when we submit to the ways of God, we're submitting to his ways for us. So when we call you to live in submission to the ways of Jesus, when we call you to a life and an experience of submitting like when we call you to turn from obsessions and addictions that just destroy your life, think about this. We're calling you to joy. We're not just calling you to bad news and you can't have life the way you want it to live. We're calling you to joy because you were created to live reflecting the ways of God. When we call you to speak and build up positively one another not tear down it's for your joy when we call you to turn from worry or fear to trust and confidence in Christ it's for your joy when we call you to live honestly in your relationships it's for joy when we call you to practice sexual purity It's for your joy. When we call you to love and accept everyone who God brings into your life and move away from racism, prejudice, self-righteousness, and ego. It's for joy. When we call you to serve others and not yourself. It's for joy. When we call you to stand for justice, away from neglect and ignorance. It's for joy. See, until Jesus returns and restores all things we will be tempted to live life our own way. And when Adam and Eve walked away and they started the process of walking away from God, guess what they also walked away from? Joy. They lost their joy. We will fight to keep our ways. I found that just as a pastor, when I call people personally away from their own ways to the ways of Jesus, I mean, let the cage match begin. I mean, people people denounce and they deplore and they disdain anyone or any principle that is a threat to keeping life just the way we want it. To return to joy, we have to have experience in submitting, submitting to the ways of Jesus. So it's, it's about surrendering to the will of God. It's about submitting to the ways of God. And then... It's about sacrificing, sacrificing for the mission of God, sacrificing for God's mission will always result in joy. The writer of Hebrews says, let us run the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at those three things Jesus sacrificed. In Roman crucifixion, it was a common practice to strip the person naked and to nail them literally to posts to a tree, to show to everyone. Look at what happens to the lawbreaker. Look what happens to someone who brings us shame. We shame them publicly. And Jesus, the son of God, when he was crucified for my sins and yours, was shamed in this world but he was glorified in heaven. And that's why we have that empty cross is that picture because it was the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for my sin and yours that Jesus gave, but he did it with joy. It was not comfortable. It wasn't something he did smiling. He was, it was agony. It was anguish, but he did it because of joy. When Paul called the church in Philippi to give generously, their experience in sacrifice gave them joy. Look at this. For out of a severe test of affliction, your abundance of joy and their extreme poverty, they overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Folks, these were people who we would probably look at their incomes and go, you can't afford to give. And yet they gave generously they sacrificed. They had the experience of sacrificing. And what did God reward them with? Joy. Joy. See, there's a temptation for us to keep it all to ourselves. But what God has taught us is that there's joy in giving it away. Generous people, sacrificial people have more joy. And so we have a choice. Do we sink into ourselves or do we expand beyond ourselves through sacrifice, through loving, through living for eternity, for giving for God and others? So think about where we've been so far on this adventure. We've asked you now, a deep and wide follower, we've seen from the scriptures, very clear. Jesus says, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. We've been called to love, right? We've been called into living for eternity, not this temporal world, to to widen our view of time and deepen our investment in eternity. Think about what we're called into on being generous. Folks, all of these require surrender, submission, and sacrifice. All of them, when we do them, through surrendering, submitting, and sacrifice, give us joy. See, that's the picture we're given. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells the story of the parable of the talents about a master who goes on a, on a trip far away and he entrusts what he has to three different servants. To one, he gives five talents. To one, he gives two talents. And to the other one, he just gives one talent. He never celebrates how much he gave each one of them. He just gives it to them. And they were called to invest it so that when he returns, it would have an income. The first one invests it. When the master returns, he gets five more, doubles what he was given. This is what the master says to him. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The second one takes his two, invests it, gains two more. Returns, the master returns and, and says, look, master, I you gave me two. I gave you two more. What does the master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The last one, the one who had the smallest amount of talent, took it and hid it. Hit it in a field because he was fearful of the master, didn't trust the master, thought the master was unfair, did not operate with any of these practices, and therefore never had joy. Never had joy from the beginning he was given it to when he returned it. He returned it, but the master's harshest discipline, this was not the result of the master. Perhaps some of the most harshest correction by Jesus in his own words. was for the one who didn't live with this joy and neglected surrendering to a will, submitting to the way and sacrificing for the mission. See, we don't want anyone here to live without joy. Jesus came to give us joy and joy is the present result of our personal experience surrendering, submitting and sacrificing. First, Peter has a great one on how we're to live. Faith is a component of joy. You have to believe. But look at what Peter calls the church to. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him and you rejoice with joy. That is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So we're given these three practices that whenever they're used to love and to live for eternity and to, to give generously, they result in joy. But you know what? This is your choice. This is your choice. And it's my prayer that the Holy Spirit would take root in your hearts and that we would all redirect our lives to these practices that model the life of Jesus and always result in joy. But you know what? We can turn away from these. And that's why God never pulls us kicking and screaming into obedience or to surrender. He'll let us, like Burger King, have it our way if we want to. But we reap. We reap. There's, it's not a vacuum. If our experience is not submitting and surrendering and sacrificing, it will be about one of these three things. It will be about controlling where life has to be about your will. Or it's no one. It's all about what you want to happen and the purpose of your life to be. And you can live a life with a high experience on controlling, but controlling people rarely experience joy. You can rebel against God's way. And your experience, if you just looked at your life and you can look at the video of your life and we could just take a look at clips of rebellion after rebellion after rebellion against the ways of Christ not necessarily hurting people around you all the time but just rebellion from his ways we would ask is there joy and you could say i get pleasure yes you can get short term pleasure i get more money that helps me get the next gadget there's a short term there's a short term fix in a lot of things but there's not lasting joy and you can instead of sacrificing you can live a life of selfishness where it is all about you and it's all about your little mission and your little dream. But here's what I found. When our experience shows this, and I've even known Christians to have this as their experience rather than the one the scriptures call us into, there's always sorrow, always hurt, always loss, always brokenness. So your experience, not just your belief system, your experience in your beliefs... Will, will bloom different fruits, some rotten and some very healthy. We want people to be rooted in joy through an experience of surrendering, submitting, and sacrifice. Time after time, person after person, these proven practices find joy. And I'd like to introduce you right now to Greg Armbruster. Greg is an elder here at FBC, and he's been here since the beginning. Greg is a genuine, solid and stable man of faith. This week, Greg and his wife, Renee, their joy was threatened when their own home was broken into and uh, several items were stolen. And so uh, as you listen to him, listen for him speaking with confidence and a man of joy, even in the midst of adversity.
1: Thank you, Joe. We were robbed of our possessions, but we weren't robbed of our joy. Praise the Lord. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, I hope that in some way today you were touched by God and by his word and by his people. The, uh, the elders, uh, at FBC have a vision statement and it's transformed lives, leaving a godly legacy. And in, uh, Romans 12:2 it says, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And attending church and being connected to a church is a huge part of that transformation process. So thank you for being here. Uh, my wife and I, Renee, we started attending a Fellowship Bible Church. It was actually one month uh, after it was formed, So this weekend is really pretty close to the anniversary of our 17th year. And we became Christians as adults uh, at the same time. Uh, It was as a result of visiting a church and then the pastor coming and visiting us. And uh, also in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, uh, it says, If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So we we believe and, and have faith that Jesus is God, and we also con- believe and confess that he is Lord. And this means that we uh, make Jesus Lord of our lives, and uh, that means putting our life under the authority of Christ. Thirty-six years ago, when I became a Christian, I really liked the... Uh, Part of the verse about being saved, but making Jesus Lord of my life, uh, I wasn't always in in that part, and it took a while. It was a process for for me, especially uh, for my wife and I in the area of uh, putting uh, making Jesus Lord uh, over our finances. We uh, we wanted to do it the Burger King way, have it our way, and uh, the result of of that was accumulating a lot of debt, and there were a lot of consequences and uh, things in our life that we just didn't have the joy. And uh, so realizing that, uh, at that time, we decided to put, put ourselves on a budget and um, to start tithing. And uh, we made that commitment, and uh, we also committed to uh, increasing our percentage every year a little bit. No matter what our income, we, we were going to make that commitment and do the increase. And if you think about it, we, we were living a lifestyle of uh, spending more than we earned, and we had to stop doing that. We were accumulating debt, so we had to start paying off that debt, and we, and we were giving 10% to the Lord. So it was a drastic change for us, And uh, but God is amazing. He has brought us to a point now <clears throat> where we're giving 20% of our income. And, uh, you know, I look back on the condition of our finances when we started that. It's just amazing what God can do when you, when you put your faith and trust in him. Um, and if you haven't made Jesus Lord over your finances, I encourage you to do that. It'll change your life. Um, one of the things that Renee and I really like about Fellowship Bible Church is we feel totally comfortable inviting new people to church here. Uh, we... Um, our host family every year uh, for an international student at Washburn and uh, every year when we get a new student we, we always bring them to church if we can and uh, they, they like it they, they like the music and they like the teaching it's very easy to understand very clear and applicable to life and uh, they also like the fact that they're loved and accepted by people here Uh, One time we brought a a Chinese girl here to church. She would just gotten to America and brought her here for the first time. And as we walked in the front door, uh, Bob McDowell was one of the greeters, and we introduced her to to Bob, and he just reached out and gave her a big hug. And here she was in a strange land, in a strange church, and this person was hugging her. And it it just meant a lot to her. And, And so I just encourage you greeters that's a great ministry, uh, welcoming people to church here, and I just encourage you to continue to do that, and uh, you're blessing people. Before I pray, uh, just to say a little bit about the expansion, We, uh, I, I told you our vision statement, which is transformed lives, leaving a godly le- legacy. Uh, the elders' uh, mission statement for FBC is advancing the kingdom of God by making disciples of Jesus Christ, and uh, we're committed to that mission, and we uh, we realize and, and are convinced that we need to expand uh, the facilities here in order to continue with that mission, and uh, I just hope that you all will consider being a part of that and giving to that. Uh, it was mentioned about the envelopes that you got in the mail or that you can pick up here. gives you a lot of information on how you can do that, so I just ask you to... Uh, Pray for, uh, pray for, prayerfully for seek God's will and what you can do in that area. Uh, let me pray. Lord, thank you for this time that we can uh, meet with you and uh, study your word and, and meet with God's people. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, because of that time that you will change us a little bit, transform our lives, that we can better serve you and, uh, I pray for each family here, each person here, that as they consider how they can contribute to this expansion, that uh, you would touch their hearts and lead them, and they would know your will, that they can be cheerful givers. Uh, As we leave here today, help us to just put all areas of our life uh, under your authority. In Jesus' name, amen.